Welcome to Minnesota Matters. I'm Scott Peterson, and I'm joined by MNN's Bill Werner, Tasha Radel, and Mike Grimm. We're going to delve into what's going on in the North Star State. If it matters in Minnesota, we've got it covered. This week, Minnesotans are booking flights again as COVID numbers remain steadily down. Fourth of July festivities return after taking a year off due to COVID and Big Ten running back of the year, Golden Gopher Mohamed Ibrahim. But first, as the clock continued ticking down to July 1st, Governor Tim Walz and legislative leaders made significant progress this week toward wrapping up the state budget, which would avoid state government shutdown at the end of the fiscal year. It's my commitment that we not get to July 1. I just think that would be really bad for Minnesota. I do think that the governor and the speaker agree with that. Said Senate Republican Majority Leader Paul Gazelka early in the week, Governor Tim Walz echoed. The sticking points got moved beyond There being 66 eyes and zero nays, the bill is passed since title agreed to. The first round of state budget bills were approved fairly early in the week, beginning with a higher education funding package that received broad bipartisan support. But in the House, on a commerce funding bill... Point of order, Madam Speaker, I want to be recognized. When Republicans tried to prohibit any funds in that bill from being used to appeal a court ruling on Enbridge's Line 3 pipeline, Democrats blocked the move. This is not germane under Rule 3.2. Well, I think I got the message. Northeastern Minnesota and the Iron Range is out of order by the House DFL. Thank you. You've made it very clear today. We will remember that. Grand Rapids Republican Spencer Igo. Democrats, Republicans, and the governor this week agreed on the E-12 education funding bill, the largest component of the state budget. Republicans had to drop their push for education savings accounts, which Democrats labeled school vouchers. GOP Senator Roger Chamberlain said the governor and Democrats have, as he put it, other allegiances. My allegiance has been and will continue to be parents, families, educators not institutions or lobbyists or the department or Education Minnesota. The Teachers Union. Democratic Representative Jim Davney responded. We've got a responsibility to make sure that every child in Minnesota has access to a world-class education system. The Senate wants to pick and choose winners and losers in that. We don't believe in that. The legislature sent a major transportation funding bill to the governor this week, but without a gas tax increase that Democrats were pushing. That long-term, dedicated, sustainable funding that's so important for roads and bridges that we value so much was not included. The Senate uh, rejected that. Minneapolis Representative Frank Hornstein, Republican Senator Scott Newman from Hutchinson, said he absolutely agrees there should be ongoing funding for transportation but not tied to what he calls a dying star like the gas tax. I acknowledge we need it, uh, but we're going to have to have some cooperation with some of the folks that are using our roads that are not paying their equivalent share. A July 1st shutdown at Minnesota State Parks will likely be averted as lawmakers move forward this week with an environment budget bill, Alexandria Republican Bill Ingebrigtsen. Those weddings that were planned over the summer in the state parks are not going to have to be canceled. The bottom line is they're going to be open, and I know that's very important to Minnesotans. Democrats say Republicans held that environment funding bill hostage until Governor Tim Walz dropped his push for measures to encourage more Minnesotans to buy electric cars. Minneapolis Senator Patricia Torres-Ray. A lot of the industry people, people who understand where we are headed with electric cars, 
came and complained about it and say that's so unreasonable. Senate Majority Leader Paul Gazelka said implementing California clean car standards will leave Minnesota dealers with unsold electric vehicles in their lots. Legislative leaders and the governor agreed on a major health and human services bill this week, the second largest component of the state budget and another important step toward finishing their work before the July 1st deadline. That bill taps one-time federal COVID money. And we asked Democratic Representative Jennifer Schultz from Duluth if there's any problem then continuing those state budget increases in the long term. Any rate increases where we use the federal money, we are definitely both sides committed to continuing general fund spending for the tails. In other words, beyond the next two years. House Republicans this week could not convince Democrats to go along with a faster phase-out of the governor's COVID moratorium on evictions than what's in the deal the Democrats, Walls, and Senate Republicans made as part of wrapping up the state budget. Republican Representative Barb Haley from Red Wing says a landlord she knows shared a text he got from a tenant that said, Now look, John, it's really not my problem that you don't have the giant stack of cash that you need to pay the mortgage. You should have had your blank, I won't say it, covered. But lead House negotiator Richfield Democrat Michael Howard cautioned. If we put an amendment onto this bill, that will prevent us from passing this bill today and will prevent us from moving forward uh, with an eviction moratorium off-ramp. It's kind of the last piece that the governor says he needs help on before he can relinquish his uh, state of emergency. And his executive order. Said Republican Senator Rich Dreheim from Madison Lake. House Speaker Democrat Melissa Hortman responded, nearly all executive orders will be gone by July 1st, but she says the governor still needs authority to expedite vaccinations and respond if COVID variants crop up. He needs enough authority that's clear enough in state law so that if he needs to consider remedies, that he's got that power. But Senate Republican Majority Leader Gazelka said, I still fully intend to end emergency powers as session ends. And lawmakers also continued wrangling over police reform, even as Derek Chauvin was sentenced for the murder of George Floyd. Senate Majority Leader Gazelka said, There's at least five what we would consider police accountability measures that we would take. Uh, there's not many more that we would take, if any more. Democrats want a much longer list, sparked not only by Floyd's murder, but more recently, the police killing of Dante Wright. Scott? Thank you, Bill. Minnesota Matters returns after this. Minnesota Rural Electric Cooperatives. Who are we? We're your neighbors, co-workers, and friends. That's right, we live and work in the community too. Because of that, we're committed to making sure our electric services stay reliable, affordable, and safe. Throughout the state, Minnesota electric co-ops work independent of each other, but with the same goal, provide power to Minnesota. You have so many other things to worry about. Your electricity isn't one of them. Minnesota Rural Electric Cooperatives, bringing power to the people of Minnesota. Considering an online pharmacy? Explore BeSafeRx to find useful information and resources to help you purchase medicines safely online. A safe online pharmacy requires a doctor's prescription, has an address in the United States, has a licensed pharmacist, and is licensed by a state pharmacy board. It's best to stay away from online pharmacies that don't meet these criteria. Discover more helpful tips and resources at BeSafeRx. Go to FDA.gov slash BeSafeRx. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. I'm Scott Peterson. More and more Minnesotans are booking flights as COVID numbers stay down and most restrictions are lifted. I recently spoke with thrifty travelers Kyle Potter about what all of us can do 
to plan ahead for the best deals this summer. No question, things have have turned around and and in a lot of ways done pretty close to a 180 um, just within the past few months. Um, starting, you know, around sometime in March probably was when we started to see a, a pretty drastic turnaround in in confidence in travel. Prior to that, you know, for for the past year, year and change, no one was booking flights. No one was traveling, period, really. And the few people that were still getting on planes were, were booking flights really just a week, sometimes less, in advance of when they were actually going to get on that flight. Because there was just no certainty that if you booked a trip, you would actually be able to take it. And then, you know, with the news of effective vaccines around the election, and then in particular as the rapid vaccination campaign really took off in the spring, it was the turning point. And now I think it's safe to say the floodgates are open. People are coming out of the woodwork, searching for flights again, uh, booking flights again, and taking trips for the first time in more than a year. And, you know, it's, it's hard to say this after the year that we've had in the travel industry, but it does really feel like the light not just is at the end of the tunnel, but, you know, we're at the end of the tunnel now and we're getting ready to, to get back to something pretty darn close to normal. You mentioned uh, the, the floodgates had, had opened, so to speak, in terms of people booking flights and traveling more. I'm wondering what kind of an impact is that having on the process of booking travel after roughly a year and a half of people not doing that? I, I'm sure that that's having some sort of an impact. Yeah, you know, it has. There, there have been some, some major changes if, if someone hasn't looked at booking a flight for 15 plus months that, that people should, should keep in mind. One of the big ones, and this is starting to get back to, to pre-COVID normal, but it isn't quite there yet. For, for years and years, booking last minute flights, you know, a, a week, two weeks, even three weeks before departure, you would have to pay up because airlines understood that, you know, the people that were booking close into departure you know, those were business travelers, um, you know, whose whose companies were bankrolling that trip and they didn't really care. They weren't price sensitive or they were people who needed to get on that flight um, that weren't price, price sensitive at all because it wasn't a question of if. But, you know, yes, I definitely need to take this flight. So, you know, historically, airlines have charged a lot for those kind of last minute bookings. And that completely disappeared during the pandemic. Um, so. There definitely are, um, you know, still some some deals out there if you're looking to get out somewhere, um, you know, just a a week from today, sometimes even less. Um, As I said, you know, that is starting to disappear. Um, We're starting to get back to normal in terms of how airlines are pricing flights. But that that it's nowhere back. uh, It's certainly not back to pre-COVID levels. You know, the other big thing is that, you know, throughout the course of the pandemic, airfare, whether you were, you know, flying within the U.S. or booking a trip abroad, really hit historic lows because travel demand was so low and people weren't searching for flights. They certainly weren't booking tickets. And that was really the only way that airlines could keep money coming in. And, you know, there, there is this, you know, common knowledge out there that, you know, 
now that people are traveling again, airfare is getting more expensive. Um, and we are certainly seeing that. There's no question that, you know, in particular for for travel this summer around, you know, some popular destinations in the United States, flights have, have got, certainly gotten more expensive. But the bargains are definitely still out there. We are not back to, um, you know, pre-COVID levels of travel demand in the United States, and it's still going to take a while before we get there. So until we do, you know, in a lot of cases, you can still find really, really great airfare deals. Um, you know, if you're flexible with when you're going, um, if you're, you know, just looking for a bargain and you're flexible at, um, you know, particular destinations, you know, we still find cheap flights every single day from Minneapolis to Denver and Miami. Um, there has been a surge as Europe is reopening or preparing to reopen in, in cheap flights from Minneapolis and across the country to popular destinations throughout Europe for, you know, $500, in some cases $400 or less round trip. So while airfare may not be as um, stupid cheap as it was throughout most of the pandemic, the deals definitely are still out there, especially if you're willing to be a little bit flexible about it. One last question for you, Kyle. With regard to safety, obviously, uh, as far as COVID is concerned, there's different levels of uh, safety from, you know, say Minnesota to other states in the Midwest region, in different countries, it's at different levels. Uh, can people feel safe traveling right now? You know, that, that's a really good question. Um, I'm not a public health expert. I, um, the, the pandemic is not over. While, you know, travel may be coming back, you know, and COVID infection rates and hospitalization and thankfully deaths are far down from where they were just a few months ago, the, the pandemic isn't over. And as you noted, you know, it is worse in some areas of the country. And definitely, as you look across the globe, you know, it's definitely not over um, in, in many other countries. So you do have to keep that in mind. Um, as you go different places, I think everyone has to keep in mind that you know, different destinations, be it a different state and certainly a different country, have different regulations in place. So if you are traveling, please don't act like, you know, the world is back to normal just because it feels pretty normal here in Minnesota and in many states across the country, especially as you look across to Europe, which is just reopening its borders within the past couple of weeks and months. You know, there are still some restrictions and requirements with masks with, um, you know, businesses and restaurants having limited capacity if they're open at all, that people need to be mindful of. And it's not okay if you are ready to travel to act as a conqueror in that country and act like your life, because your life at home is back to normal, you're going to act as if nothing has changed when you take that first trip. Thank you to my guest, Kyle Potter with Thrifty Traveler. More Minnesota Matters after this. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. The long 4th of July holiday weekend is right around the corner, and it's expected to be a busy one after last year's events were canceled due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Tasha Radel has more. 
What a difference a year makes. Joining me today is Alyssa Hayes with Explore Minnesota. Alyssa, this past year has been tough for many Minnesotans, and I think this July 4th is going to be extra special. What are you folks hearing and seeing as we inch closer to the big holiday? Well, it's it's all great news. So there's more to celebrate this summer than ever before, and Independence Day has always been a favorite festivity for so many Visitors and residents alike throughout the state, and we're seeing a really great comeback for summer events and, of course, Independence Day fireworks celebrations across the state. Ah, you hit one of my favorite things, the awesome fireworks shows. I understand there's quite a few options for Minnesota families to view the lights, booms, and bangs around the state. Yeah, so ExploreMinnesota.com, we have a really nice roundup of dozens of celebrations statewide, um, broken down from greater Minnesota to the metro area. I mean, everywhere from Duluth to Evelyn, a few communities along the North Shore are hosting displays. And then Delano, it's the oldest celebration, um, oldest and largest Independence Day celebration in the state. They're hosting a a multi-day celebration and fireworks. St. Paul at CHS Field and then Lake Minnetonka. Uh, near Excelsior, um, and then a lot of other um, pockets throughout the metro and and suburbs, too. Alyssa, I'm going to switch gears a little bit. I know Explore Minnesota works with AAA Minnesota on travel projections. Are things looking pretty strong this 4th of July? Yeah, so really, really outstanding news from AAA. Nearly 47 million Americans are expected to travel the 4th of July holiday weekend across the country. And they're saying that travel volumes are expected to nearly fully recover to pre-pandemic levels. So that is just, it's a really positive note. And I think that we're, we're seeing some of those, those trends throughout the state too. You know, I think, like you said, Americans are eagerly, eagerly, you know, ready to experience those great travel opportunities. And there's just a lot of pent up demand. And not to go down a dark path, but I know tourism and hospitality industries were among the hardest hit by the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm guessing uh, that these folks are looking forward to a busy summer and, of course, a busy July 4th holiday weekend. Oh, it's so important. So tourism and hospitality um, industries across the globe were among the hardest hit by the, the pandemic, of course. I mean, Minnesota alone has experienced a nearly 50% revenue loss. That's $8.6 billion. And summer in Minnesota, it accounts for nearly 37% of annual travel expenditures. So I think this, you know, just seeing the volume this season and all of that pent-up demand is really, it's really a nice thing to see and a lot of the festivals coming back. But it's just so important that we continue to show our support toward local businesses and all of those festivals and events that are coming back throughout the state. I mean, try to stay closer to home, you know, a little longer. Don't go out of state. Support Minnesota, right? And the fun will continue all summer long, Alyssa, for Minnesotans wanting to plan a day vacation or staycation. I know your website is a great planning resource. Absolutely. We have so many great resources at ExploreMinnesota.com for those planning summer getaways. We are highlighting unique places and events. We have an, we have a dedicated event database and a lodging database. We have so many great resources like weekly newsletters and fishing reports. And if you're seeking last-minute inspiration, you can also call 888-VISIT-MN or you can even chat with a live travel counselor at ExploreMinnesota.com. And our social media channels are a great inspiration tool on their own, too. Our really popular hashtag, OnlyNMN, it has more than a million uses, and it's a great real-time inspiration tool. Thanks to my guest, Alyssa Hayes, with Explore Minnesota.
Again, for more information, you can call 888-VISIT-MN or go online to exploreminnesota.com. Back to you, Scott. Thank you, Tasha. Minnesota Matters returns after this. Did you know that more lives are lost to lung cancer each year than breast, colorectal, and prostate cancers combined? Lung cancer will claim more than 135,000 lives this year. But new treatments have improved survival for many with the disease and offer new hope for many more. So does lung cancer screening with low-dose chest CT. The American Cancer Society and most major professional organizations recommend that adults ages 55 and older with a long history of smoking, even if they have quit, should talk with their doctor to learn more about lung cancer screening. Lung cancer screening saves lives by detecting lung cancer early when it's more successfully treated. So, ask your doctor if lung cancer screening is right for you. And if you smoke, ask your doctor to help you quit. Visit the National Lung Cancer Roundtable website at nlcrt.org. That's nlcrt.org. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. Golden Gopher football players are on campus for the summer taking part in player-led team workouts as well as attending summer classes. MNN Sports Director Mike Grimm spoke with the reigning Big Ten Running Back of the Year, Muhammad Ibrahim, a senior with the Gophers, who's excited to put in the work this summer. You know, it just feels good being back together with the whole team. Um, you know, with Kobe, we wasn't able to do this last year. So just being able to just work out together, um, host these players' practices where we can just go against our defense um, by ourselves uh, and just get better uh, with competition against each other. Uh, going best against best every day. Uh, it just makes us a better team, and uh, it's something we, we didn't have last year, so we're, we're definitely looking forward to it every week this week, in this fact, summer. In fact, if memory serves me correct, you, you were stranded a year ago around this time, right? Like overseas, internationally. To, to, to remo- recall, remem- refresh my memory on that. Maybe like a month ago, I was stuck in Denmark. I didn't know if I was going to come back or not. You know, this is when COVID outbreak first happened, so... Uh, you know, I'm just I'm just happy to be back here, and uh, you know, I haven't left the country since. So, <laughs> how much do you think uh, it had an impact just on the team in general, um, especially with how young the defense was at the start of the year that, that you guys weren't able to get together last year? And how much different has it been so far this summer? Do you think those spring practices and summer uh, workout practices uh, definitely helps? Um, you know, with defense, you have to see different looks. You have to see different schemes, how you're going to fit things up and stuff like that. So um, just having the, the the leaders that we have on defense and them being able to help out the younger guys with the fits and stuff like that, uh, you know, this time actually helps them very helps them a lot. Take me through what a, a typical players-led practice is like right now this time of year. What, what, what kind of things are you doing and, uh, you know, how organized is it? How strict is it? You know, how loose does it get? Uh, well, you know, we – we understand that practices are probably the hardest thing that we go through. Uh, practices are hard, so the games are very easy to just go out there and play. Um, so, you know, with the young guys coming in, you know, you have to prepare them for the practices. You know, you there's certain things that we do, uh, running off the field, plus string, um, handing the ball to the managers, um, finishing each drill. You know, you have to install those little things into the new players and show them what the practices will look like because uh, – 
you know, the coaches, the first day of practices, they're not going to say this is the first one. You know, we had 10, 20 practices in the summer where we're able to show the young guys what to do. So, uh, you know, that's what we want to do. So it's very straight. Um, you know, the position leaders take take control of their groups. Um, and, you know, a normal captain practice is probably about six, seven periods of indie uh, where you can just go through drills, um, you know, touch up some things that you guys need to work on. Um, then after that, you might get a period with the quarterbacks. They get some throws in, some time and things. Uh, and then after that, you know, we might go through some blitz pickups. We might go through some seven on seven. It depends on the day and what we need to work on. Wow, sounds uh, sounds pretty cool indeed. And then, uh, you know, in the season, I know you guys lift some, but it's probably different than what you're going through now. Is is the summertime a little more intense in the weight room and the conditioning? Yes. Uh, so the summertime, you know, they're trying to get your body right. Um, you know, get you conditioned, get you bigger, faster, and stronger. Um, so, you know, in this, and, and then in the, and then fall camp, you know, they're trying to recover your body, get you back into game ready shape uh, by the time Sunday, Saturday hits. So uh, that's the biggest difference. All right, let's uh, let's talk about uh, summertime as well. I know most players take some uh, some summer classes. Uh, are you are you uh, taking a class or two right now as well? Not at all. I'm graduated. So, uh, my next my next classes will be in the fall for grad, grad school. So you you are a holder of a University of Minnesota degree already, and you'll be working on some uh, some postgraduate work here in the fall. Yes, sir. Take us through what your degree's in, and uh, down the road, what you hope to use it for. Um. Well, right now, it's, uh, my, I just graduated with a business marketing degree, um, and then down the road, I want to use it in uh, a real estate company that's getting that business out of there. Wow, great. Awesome, awesome. Um, I want to ask you about your offensive line. You were Big Ten running back of the year last year. Obviously, uh, they road-graded some holes for you. You worked hard as well. Um, and now all those guys are back, plus you have uh, Daniel Falele and Curtis Dunlap who are, are both coming back. How excited are you to have uh, that group of guys up front? I'm very excited. Um, just seeing them working out, uh, doing the uh, players' practices and stuff like that. Um, you know, those guys are ready to go. Um, they haven't lost a step, you know, um, and we welcomed them back with open arms. And uh, I'm just ready to see what they're going to do next year. Should be good competition too, right? I mean, there's really – I know there were times where you guys will play six offensive linemen, but, I mean, they're like ten guys that got quite a bit of experience last year up front, and then you add in the two guys that played so well the year before. Yeah, that's what you want. Um, in a program like this, you know, depth is what we, what we love. Um, guys are being able to push each other, um, and it just brings out the best in uh, each other. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's one of the things that Coach Fleck harps on. Um, you know, he, he wants you to change your best every day, and if you got somebody behind you uh, pushing you to do that, uh, you know, your best is going to shine every day. What can you do in practice with the offensive line? I'm guessing you guys aren't going full pads or tackling or anything, but, but, but how, can, you, can you create some chemistry there still with some of these workouts? Actually, uh, you can. We, we do a lot of blitz pickup. Uh, you know, throw different looks at us, and uh, we all have to diagnose it all together. And uh, you know, that's what we mostly do with each other. Uh, just seeing different looks and um, seeing how we're going to, you know, switch them off between each other. That's go for running back Mohammed Ibrahim and MNN Sports Director Mike Grimm. Ibrahim rushed for 1,076 yards and 15 touchdowns in seven games last year for Minnesota. The Gophers open the season on Thursday night, September 2nd, at home against nationally ranked Ohio State. 
That is going to do it for us for this week. Thank you so much for listening, and please tune in again next week for Minnesota Matters on this MNN station. Yeah.